0: Hey everybody, this is Aerie in the Air. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, my name is Aerie. I am a professional action sports athlete. And in the last couple of months, I have been seeing a huge need for nuanced conversation, deeper meaning in people's lives, and a clearer perspective on how to see the world. So I'm doing everything in my power to curate these nuanced conversations with people with perspective and help humanity understand the deep need they have in their lives for meaning, how to create it, how to hold on to it. If this is a mission that you want to support me in, please consider donating. That is paypal.me slash in the air. I really appreciate the support. Share this podcast. Today, I've got a show that I'm so excited about it's been so long in the works today I have an interview for you with mr. Gavin McClurg Gavin is a paraglide pilot at the highest level this guy is has lived so many lives from skiing to whitewater kayaking to sailing around the world to paragliding to all of these things he also is the reason that i have a podcast his show the cloud-based mayhem podcast is all about paragliding and it introduced me to the idea that i could have a podcast of my own it was because gavin was confident to create it but he was imperfect he said um and he said ah and his imperfection convinced me that i could have a podcast of my own and Because of that, I am growing in my ability to have positive influence in the world, and so I have so much gratitude for Gavin for this, both for his influence on my own podcast as well as the amazing thing that he has done for the paragliding community by spreading so much knowledge, particularly around safety and our sport, by interviewing hundreds of the sport's top pilots, instructors, and designers. Today, I want to share with you this conversation that Gavin and I had, which is just awesome. We were riffing, folks. We were going deep. So we talk about all kinds of things, everything from coronavirus to whether or not Paraglide pilots should be flying right now. Is that responsible socially? We talk about the response of the DHV to shut down flying in Switzerland and Austria and Germany and Belgium and Italy and all these places. We also talk about a great story that he has of throwing his reserve over the dirt in Utah with our friend Cody Matank. This episode is so sick. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Gavin. For the time and for the inspiration and the community that you've built in our sport. Again, if you guys want to support this show, please consider donating. Paypal.me slash air in the air. This is 100% listener supported. Let's keep it ad free. Let's keep it going. Share it. Thanks so much. Without further ado, here's my interview with the man himself, Gavin McClurg. Dude. Thanks so much, man. This has been a long time in the making, huh? Yeah. Are you out in Bend these days? I'm out in Bend. Right on. i out in Bend. And you? You're in Ketchum? Yeah, and still in Ketchum.
1: Uh, yeah, man. It's good What's to be your- home. We were out in California. We were going to be out there for the whole month of March, but things started getting a little nutty out there. We thought it'd probably be nice to be in a place that doesn't have a lot of population density. So
0: I came home. Yeah, you're in a good place to hole up
1: yeah it 's great man we had a, had a really nice uh day of flying today, and you know everything seems kind of uh, relaxed here, which i 'm a little worried about but it 's uh you know our mm. our our case load quadrupled in one day today, and uh it sounds like pretty much everybody in the hospital 's been exposed so yeah oh, man, it makes getting real it 's gonna be kind of wild yeah whoa but uh, but yeah. to be here is great because I can just walk out my door and fly and or ski tour you know it's just like where you live it's a nice place to go get some vitamin d and get in the sun and,
0: and yeah we uh, healthy yeah. for sure yeah strange times right now man and it's a interest really interesting time to have this conversation with you it almost feels uh eerie to want to talk about paragliding right now you know yeah Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, dude, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see,
1: you know, they've shut it down in Switzerland, France, Italy. Um, You know, it's coming in Spain and, you know, I mean, this thing's so dynamic, everything's just changing by the hour. I've never hit refresh on New York times so often in my life, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it was funny flying today. I had a really nice out and back today, and it was just beautiful. It was like perfect spring conditions and it made me feel a little guilty though I was like, man, if I got hurt, I just you know i don 't want to put any more load on our local hospital or our local people at all and so I get it. I, I understand why they 're you know over there they 're like you can 't fly right now i mean I, I totally get it we 've all got to sacrifice I think
0: yeah, and that is a interesting thing because. Um, I've been talking about that and like wondering about that myself, you know, I just got home from a mountain bike ride and a couple of times today there's just big drops on the run and I'm just like, wait, like is today the day, do I go around today just because of all this, you know, it's like kind of a thing, like. Yeah. I mean, I just,
1: I just think we've all got to be more heads up. I mean, I've got a really, my, my main ski touring buddy, he's a real kind of avalanche guru expert guy and teaches a lot of avalanche safety. And he's kind of my go-to ski touring partner. He's super fit. He does all tons of ultras and stuff. So we do a lot of training together and he, uh, he's an ER doc here and I haven't even heard from him in like four days. I mean, this is a guy that I talk to a couple of times a day normally. And, um, you know, this is in a tiny little town, and you know three weeks ago, when you know President Trump was still calling it a hoax and no big deal, and just like the flu and all that crap um you know he was he was freaked out, not like hysteria freaked out, he was just like we're in real trouble, you know, and if we don't take this seriously on the front end we you know we don't have enough ventilators, we don't have we we're gonna be just like Italy is, which is like choosing who's gonna die, and you know I think that yeah. I think we're going to see that. And I mean, hopefully not, man. I mean, hopefully it'll get warm and, you know, maybe that'll help, but I've been hearing the whole warm thing. And, you know, my boat right now is out in the Maldives on the equator yeah. It'd get much warmer than that. And that country is completely locked down. All the tourists were sent home. They've totally quarantined all the islands. Um, you know, it's, it just, it, two people brought it there from Italy and it just went crazy. And Whoa. it doesn't get hotter than that. You know, Seychelles, same thing. Two people went there 10 days ago from Italy and they had it. And now they're in, you know, countrywide quarantine. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I, don't, I don't think we know. I don't think anybody that says they know really, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, I think we just have to listen to the scientists and the scientists have me pretty scared.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that our biggest thing right now is we have to be up leveling our discernment, our ability to like, who is who has the right information? What does that look like? And how do we uh, learn quickly enough to take collective action?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was, I was reading a really interesting article um, recently that talked about kind of the difference between tight and loose societies. So tight societies like Singapore, Tokyo, China. South Korea, Austria, you know, these are all places who have been, who have, A, have a lot more history than we do. And so they've been through some really dynamic disasters in the past. And because of those disasters and because of, you know, war and famine and, and stuff that's happened there, black plagues and, you know, stuff that we just have never dealt with here, um... know, they're, they're, they're very tight, so they can lock things down. And, you know, like in Austria, they can impose fines or in China, they just, you just can't go outside, you're, you know, you're, you're quarantined, that's what you're doing. And, you know, our society is very loose. And that's just not how we approach things. And that's, you know, an infringement on our freedom. And, but I think if you don't, you know, you can see the numbers. You can, it's like it's the it's it's crazy how we can see it in real time right now. We can see what's happened in Italy versus other places, and and you can even see it within Italy. There are, you know, I don't know if they call them provinces, you know, like our states in Italy. They regions, you know, but they've got different mayors and different governors, just like we do. And you know, places that were super loose when it started are like seriously bad right now yeah. and other places that, you know, the, the public went, come on, give me a break. This is, that's way too tight. They're doing okay. You know? So um, it's going to be real interesting to see how we respond to this.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, it's become apparent to me in the last couple of days that any action you take in the face of a epidemic that's like effective action seems like way too much it seems yeah. like an overreaction, right? Like right. with no sick kids at a school to say schools closed, like all across the country, like with the relatively small numbers and everything, you know, yeah, to get everyone emotionally on that boat all at the same time is like a big ask. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, and I've heard some really smart people talk about, you know, that, that, the efficacy of, of doing it. You know, the problem with closing schools is, you know, something like 40% of our health workers are mothers with kids. Yeah. So suddenly you're putting a ton of weight on them and, you know, kids, thankfully, this is one of those weird viruses that doesn't seem to be affecting them too much. Although now it's sounds like it's getting some infants, which is awful, but um, you know, but of course, they carry it and they bring it home to their parents. And so, man, it's it's not easy, is it? It's pretty complicated. And then, you know, if you compare it to if it is flu-like, uh, you know, like the Spanish influenza or something, then you know, very well, maybe it does kind of ease off. Maybe these places like Tokyo and Singapore and South Korea that are, you know, being really aggressive about testing and they've got it you know, they seem to kind of be steering the numbers the right way. Well, then they open things back up. What happens then? Or maybe it kind of dies down in the summer, at least in the Northern hemisphere, but now it's starting to go crazy in the Southern hemisphere. So I don't know if that holds any weight, but yeah. um, you know, what happens in the, like the Spanish influenza came out, it was pretty bad. Then it kind of went away. Wasn't so bad. Then it came back with a vengeance in the fall. Killed what it was a couple hundred million people. Yeah. So um, you know, we can't compare this to that cause it's, you know, we didn't have antibiotics back then, but, um, yeah, man,
0: I don't know. It's incredible. There's also this like silver lining that I've been noticing that is, you know, even though currently our collective action plan is gigantic governments and corporations, it's still incredible. Like, even if you were to like sit in a spaceship outside of earth and be like, oh, look, oh, one got sick. Oh, two got sick. Oh, wow. Look look, everyone is drastically changing their lifestyle immediately. And like things are happening and you know, like it's an an incredible testament to our interconnectedness and our cooperation and our ability to spread a message message across the entirety of humanity in a pretty short period of time. Right. Uh, Yeah. I like that you bring that up. I mean, a week ago
1: I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, what's crazy about this is you can go anywhere right now we drove across nevada after leaving california we went through some tiny tiny you know towns that have not been healthy in decades these are like little tiny ghost towns almost like mining kind of towns and you can't find anybody that doesn't know what's going on now they're going to have different opinions about what's going on but absolutely you know everybody on the planet right now knows what covid 2019 (laughs) i know it's great It is, it is crazy. And it's like, I,
0: it is. I read this quote the other day that says for the first time in all of human history, you know, what's on every single person's mind.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what everybody's thinking about. And, and that's, you know, the other thing um, I, yeah, I, I've also talked to a few people lately, like I was ski touring a few days ago with a buddy of mine. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I have to be careful about this because I, you know, this is going to kill a lot of people that that number is, you know, who knows, and there's going to be a lot of tragedy and a lot of sadness. And, but I almost feel like in some ways, you know, this, this disease came out of a wet market in a place, you know, we're, we're not treating animals the right way. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's almost kind of like, human karma to me. I mean, there's, there's there it's, it's like the earth is going, you know what? We need to back off here a little bit. I got to take care of you folks, but I can't do it if
0: you keep doing what you're doing. And, um, that is a powerful thing. And I have been saying in the last couple of days that never in our lives has the veil between the invisible systems that we so closely depend on and our decisions like they, the the veil is pulled off and we can like finally get a look at things and we feel it in such a more visceral way, right? Like yeah. the argument of climate change is so nebulous and far fetched and so incredibly difficult to experience on a day to day experiential level. Sure, you no, know, sure. it's like we need collective like the the claim of we need collective action today to avoid some potentially tragic outcome in 20 years is like a tough thing. I'm not saying that's like hard to convince people of that. There's so many that have, but it's like, it's a hard thing for us to embody in a really deep and profound way that actually changes our behaviors in uh, in a profound way that would actually make effective change. I mean, you're, you're seeing this,
1: like, massive alteration in CO2 output right now. You know, there's no shipping. Yeah. There's no yes. – nothing's moving around. Uh, you know, China's cut back on, on uh, you know, their industrial – like, you the know, the, sky, are the, skies are, the skies are clear in China. It hasn't yeah, been like I that in decades. It. You know, yeah. it's – I mean, it's – you know, you look at the you – know, wouldn't it be cool to be an astronaut right now and mm-hmm. see this from space and just go, whoa, like – Oh, I mean, it seems to me like in a way it's kind of like earth, maybe just trying to take a breath. And, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like crazy or anything, but it's, it's um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people on this planet. And I, and I also think that in in some ways, you know, there's, there's, a, like you said, there's a silver lining to everything and you know, I'm reading books I've done that in ages. You know, I mean, people are spending time with their families, they're cooking, they're, you know, they're slowing down. I mean, I, again, I know there's gonna be a lot of tragedy. And, you know, but, you know, I've had a really incredible time with my family the last couple weeks, you know, I can be present, you know, and
0: I totally know what you mean. This thing has been so good for my relationship. <laughs> yeah, I I you know,
1: and I think it's going to be, you know, so and I think it's also I heard a, I heard a guy uh that works with John Hopkins, so he's a not the CDC, but he's you know a, a a specialist in this kind of stuff, and outbreaks, contagions, and you know, he was incredibly knowledgeable about H1N1 and all of them, you know, all the avian flus and everything that's come out. And he was you know, he made me feel a lot better, but because, you know, he was still throwing out some pretty big, kind of crazy numbers. But you know what those people are worried about is the kind of shit that's going to kill 60%. You know, yeah. it's the Ebola that mm-hmm. spreads like coronavirus, yeah. you know? And th- to them, it's not if it's when like that's totally inevitable. And the only way to get ready for something like that is really, and it's, it seems like to go through something like this because yep. we haven't, we haven't taken this seriously in an awful long time. It's been a long time since the Spanish influenza.
0: Of you course. Know, and it just, then. it goes to show that our, it, this is insidious and paragliding as well, is that our intuitions are conditioned by experience and they're insufficient to our intuitions are insufficient to always warn us of imminent danger. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. For like sure. just because you've never crashed in rotor leads you to fly into rotor to crash in the rotor. Like things that <laughs> Jeff Shapiro told me a couple of times, he says things that have never happened happen all the time. Yes. yes. And I'm like, Whoa. And that this is exactly one of those. And I think that also it's important to remember that this is something that is like long-term. This is a, as I read today, called a long disaster. This is not like building fell down, rescuers go in, get the people, death toll, and it's over. This is like an ongoing, really slow, long thing that the people who are going to be at the front lines, both in the medical system as well as, the people who read and share ideas should approach this from a place of joy and a like a marathon and a uh, i've been encouraging this you know as the veil is thin on our systems let's reevaluate our systems like if our children are home right now and we are going to lose half of a school year we can and at the time we must imagine new ways to live our lives because the veil of like my grocery store to me is like kind of thin right now. And I'm like, well, if the grocery store doesn't have food, I'm kind of fucked. You know, like the whole system is like, we're all seeing it in a really visceral way. And I think that as action, action sports athletes, we have a really unique mental experiment of like, okay, I'm going to self quarantine myself because I don't want to be sick or infect anyone else. But then the question goes down to like what we started this conversation with is like, can I paraglide right now? And if I paraglide, what kind of flights and how low do I fly and how much bar do I push? And it's like, you know, I had a friend from the Dolomites today call me and he says, oh, I flew my paraglider today. It was beautiful. He says people were angry and yelling and taking pictures of me trying to find out who I was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's a really interesting thing because like do we stop driving cars? Do we stop um, you know what what level of risk is tolerable in these kinds of instances right now
1: yeah yeah i mean it it yeah, is it. It's all, it's all interrelated, isn't it? I mean, today I, I had this beautiful flight and that was definitely on my mind. I was definitely giving myself a lot more margin. I wasn't pushing things, you know, just because I was like, you know, my buddy's an ER doc. He's got enough shit to deal with right now. And and then I landed and my buddy picked me up and we had some laughs and we talked about exactly what you and I are talking about right now. And he was, in, I mean, his point was, was like, hey, you know, everybody's so focused on money and stuff and things. And maybe this is like, maybe this is a way to reset a little bit, you know, and, and people can see where real joy comes from. And, you know, that's pretty cliche, but it's true. And it's so true. And then I went, uh, he took me to my car and I went to the grocery store and this was a grocery store. I don't usually go to, I was hoping they had flour. Cause I, I love bakes baking sourdough and nobody's got flour right now. And I was like, oh, I'll try this place and see if they've got any. And, none of the work, I mean, nobody in there, you know, everybody was hanging out, no masks, no gloves, you know, Mm -hmm. the other grocery store they were all wearing, nothing. And and our community is about to get hammered. And, you know, like they just today, right after I got home from that, they announced that we're in lockdown and but they didn't say what that even meant, you know? So we're, we're we're kind of slowly catching up, but, you know, so I, I called the, I called the store afterwards and I was like, you know, I was trying to be really nice, but I was like, Hey, you know, I worry about your workers, you know, and, and I really think you guys should be, you know, and I worry about our community. I think you guys should be more proactive about this. And they're like, well, we, we just, you know, it's their choice. They get to decide. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. And it, you know, I thought, God, I was taking more risk here. I don't know. You know? Yeah.
0: Matt pokes a big hole at our, like the, this, you know, when we talk about China, huge population of oppressed and obedient people in general. The government is gigantic and people love to stand in lines and obey the government. But here we have a culture of freedom, especially in Idaho. You have this culture of freedom where it's like, I can do whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. And then we're that butts up against this gigantic experiment that we're having right now of like what is collective action and what is our responsibility like if gavin is going to wash his hands and not lick the counter at the grocery store that seems reasonable but can he paraglide right yeah you know exactly, like the, the, yeah. the snowball tumbles down to each and every single one of our of our individual choices and i think that's just a testament to our the true nature of our interconnectedness as a species yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it's, yeah it's crazy times
1: man it's crazy times and i've never yeah it's unprecedented isn't it i mean at least for guys like us you know and uh you know i mean i'm sure you know there's people still around that have lived through the second world war that you know it would be something akin to this but you know I, to me it's like you know 2008 like that's a cartoon compared to this you know it like you said it's to me you're just the tiny little speck of snow right now (laughs) and it's just about to start rolling down the hill in a really wet, loose kind of day, you know, and, and it's going to boomerang and that's, you know, th- this guy that was, like I said, a lot more knowledgeable than I am about the actual disease and that kind of thing. He was he was definitely being careful with his words because and he actually kept saying this, you know, he's been on, you know, CNBC and MSN and Fox News. And he, I mean, he's a real expert. And he's like, you know, I'm way, way, way more more worried about panic than I am about this, about covid 2019. you know, yeah. like like if people lose their shit, that's when we're really in trouble.
0: Yeah, It's always the case. That's always yeah. the guy that collapses, but the moment you really lose your fucking, <laughs> you know, leave the scene <laughs> of the crime is when you really put the nail in the coffin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's um, you know, it's it's funny as athletes to have to assess our thing. But you know, I think that you know, Will Gadd, he talks about this, the powerful effect of negative thinking where he's yeah, like positive power and negative things yeah right now, exactly absolutely. he's like if i fly in there there is a chance that i'm going to splat on the deck and die or something you know and it's yeah, like what's what's trying to kill me you gotta yeah, always trying be to trying to
1: figure me. out what's trying to kill you yeah
0: i love absolutely. that And there's such amazingly powerful lessons that come from all of these sports that we do but you know as we paraglide we look down at the rocks and we're like well my my safety net of like civilization and humanity catching me with this first world healthcare is like, maybe not exactly there right now. And maybe my leash is not quite as tied to this line that I'm walking that I, that it usually
1: is. You know what I was thinking about today? I mean, when we fly here, we're pretty quickly, you know, 5k in any direction, you know, unless we're flying to Stanley or something, we're kind of in the boonies and, and there's still a lot of snow. And so, you know, we, we abandon roads all the time, but I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, <laughs> if I land out today, who's going to pick me up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not really fair for me to even hitch really, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I, You know what? I don't obviously feel very much for us. What I feel, what I I really feel for the people who are already furloughed. You know, there's going to be some economic destruction here that is again unprecedented, and Mm -hmm. and that's why I think like you know, 2018 was rough, but uh, I just think this is going to be a whole different shit show. And yeah, I've been like the economic like. For I, sure, it could go on for so long,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I've been reading, uh, Jordan Greenhall and he, uh, kins this to what he calls a meta crisis where, you know, even a small downturn in our economic viability that we don't work for even a, a month or two months or six months, like in the bigger picture, it's like just a blip of time that yep, we have yep, to stop what yep. we're doing. But like, just to see how delicately stacked the entire house of cards is that you pull out the, the restaurant workers paycheck and like how the whole thing starts tumbling downhill towards our village. Yeah. Oh, I I think that honestly, I think that that is what is at the crux of people who are in denial or not quite, you know, and I would argue that the same thing is true about climate. It's like the people who, have the individual power, just the mass like of population that we need millions and millions of people to change their behavior simultaneously. It's like those people are kind of locked in this financial motivation game where their limbic system is activated even to imagine a world where they don't have to work for money and like it just doesn't work in the same way that they've been conditioned to believe that it has to. It's like getting those people to change their behavior and their motivations is just such a profound ask. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's the case with climate change is the
1: case with healthcare. It's the case with just about everything. This always impacts the people who can withstand at the least, you know? And so, of course, you know, like, especially here where, you know, the, the places that are doing pretty well with COVID-19 have free healthcare, you know? Um, and because people aren't scared to go get tested, go spend some money, you know, like, well, here they are, they're spread. So, I mean, what, what is it? 40% of Americans can't come up with 400 bucks. And so, like, if they had an emergency medical payment or emergency, you know, house payment or whatever it is. So, you know, the government right now is talking about sending everybody a thousand bucks or 1200 bucks. Okay, well, that's a, that's a week worth of food. Then what? you know it's yeah. like i mean that's and, and like you said those are the hourly workers that uh man i feel for them holy shit
0: yeah and every industry you know you look at that like shutting down our paraglide manufacturers factories across the world it's just like every little industry is connected we're so everything, interconnected. everything we're so yeah,
1: my, my buddy that I was skiing with the other day, you know, he's an IFMGA guide. His mm. his work has evaporated, evaporated. gone. He had a, he had a trip in in the Dolomites, and then he had a trip uh, in Mont Blanc in France. Gone. You know, he he was his last trip got canceled in Japan. Gone. You know, I mean, nothing in the summer. Soft tooth mountain guides done. You know, I mean, they're they're over for the season. You know, our our ski area closed on Sunday. Um, you know, I mean, it's just how many people work for the ski area how many people work for the restaurants how many people work for the hotels <laughs> you know the hotels are a ghost town right now i mean you know marriott just a couple of days ago announced they were going to lay off tens of thousands of people this is like we're we're in march man this thing just started
0: <laughs> for sure or you know is is barely in its inception here you know yeah, the numbers are yeah. so small right now and the risk is so invisible and so nebulous it's yeah just super strange times, but you know, this is, we've gone so deep and I'm super, super happy to do this. You know, you've been,
1: <laughs> you've been really out- sorry. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about much about sports. Are we, are we supposed to? <laughs> oh,
0: no, and that's cool, man. Honestly, like we, go out into these places, we have these experiences, and they literally change our perspectives. Like a paraglider, I have just made this analogy over and over that it just has physically changed my perspective and been this catalyst that helps me change every perspective that I have to see humanity from 8,000 feet off the deck and think, wow, we are little ants, look at us. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. and so I'm, I'm excited to, to hear these things from you. And I think that people are really eager and you have a lot of people who really listen intently to your podcast. And, you know, that's how I came into contact with you. I was in
1: well, that one, that one's easy, man. I don't, I don't say much. I just, I just bring smart yeah, exactly. people onto the show. That exactly. fly. <laughs>
0: As I, I love the podcast. And I, I so frequently wish I was like, come on, let's turn it around. Let's ask him some questions. I'm so curious. I have so many questions. <laughs> I think we should do another podcast, a paraglide specific. We're going deep to interview Gavin about paragliding and all the paraglide pilots listening. I'm sorry that we've just been rambling about world news. Okay. It's a, we are right. usually so far from the fucking news, but to, Today, it's just, it affects whether or not we think we should fly. And I think that's a, that is. I
1: just, I just wrote a, uh, you know, I, I do this uh, column for Cross Country Magazine, every other issue. And so uh, my due date was the 13th and, and so I was a couple of days late, but that was, so I think I, I, I submitted it on Sunday. So just what is it today's Thursday. So a few days ago, and it was, it was all about COVID because I thought this is going to be really cool. I'll write it now and then it's going to come out in two months and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, fine, who? But well, what, what happens? You know, like, is it just, is it just over and that was hysteria or is it way worse? You know, like, is it in the middle somewhere? Yeah. And, and so I, so I put a bunch of statistics in there, you know, so, okay, you know, 180,000 people have been have confirmed
0: cases now. And, all, and I think that'd be really interesting. Two months to go back and go, Whoa. Yeah. You know? And look at that, how that your opinion, was I right? You're kind of like putting some chips on the board there.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like, funny. you know, this, the super, final had just been canceled and the nba had just been canceled and a bunch of stuff had just been canceled but like you know flying in france and italy and and switzerland hadn't been canceled that's had happened since then you know i never even thought that never occurred to me it literally never occurred to me i thought okay well you could get quarantine that kind of thing but shutting down flying that's pretty Mm -hmm. radical that's that's you know and it totally makes sense i mean when it it happened i was like oh yeah okay
0: (laughs) i guess we're all the <laughs> i talked to my friend isaac levinson he's a whitewater kayaker yesterday yeah, and yeah. i published the uh oh, the podcast with him and i wrote that we talked about kayaking and the epidemic chill out <laughs> 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 we're all just like maybe today's not my day to like plug that waterfall or like right fly too close to this peak or go super deep or any of those and it's like yeah it's really interesting
1: yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, it, uh, it's 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 really interesting. I mean, it's the uh, talking about all this stuff. Anyway, the, what I love about the podcast is what it's done for my own personal fly. I, when I, and what I hear from people all the time is, is you know, people just come up to me, and, oh man, I love the podcast, and you know, I have you in my head. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, well, no, when you're when I'm flying, I have you in my head, and and I, and I have the podcast. Cast in my head, and I, I like I did that because, you know, we we can't kid ourselves. What we do is 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 wicked dangerous, and you know we need to be aware of that. And um, you know I've just been way more mindful of margin uh, since the podcast started. And I, and I, I that, you know I mean? Yeah. The, the one I just hear- did with this guy. Oh, sorry. But, uh, the, the one I just did with this guy, Manu Bonte, he was like, you know, who's the better pilot? Like the one that goes around, you know, does a nice thing. It's super aesthetic, has a great time, has no low saves or the guy that goes a little bit further has five low saves and is bragging about the low saves. And I was like, yeah, man, that is totally true. I mean, we, we need to reassess what, makes a good pilot. And and um
0: I think God, that's so perfectly analogous to what we're talking about right now. Is it
1: like, is right. As yeah, we, we level our
0: discernment as pilots where we say, what is important here? What are the systems that are holding me up right now and making it like possible for me to fly at all? And also what is important? Like what is the important part of this flight? Is it a safe launch, a safe landing and a beautiful flight, or is it numbers and miles and You know, but it's true, man. Like you are in the head of a lot of pilots and honestly you pop into my head too, as I fly. And so does Carrie Castle. I just, the Carrie Castle episode, the thing that that she like says so obviously she's just like, I don't know why it's so hard for people. You just stay away from the hill. And I'm like, God, I literally, you know, I learned to soar and then I just took soaring and I applied it to everything else. And I was just like, why am I so close to the hill right here? Like, it obviously doesn't work here. That's why I'm right here. (laughs) Yeah, It's
1: like, it's like, Will Gad said, you know, that it doesn't matter the level you are, you still will make mistakes. You're always going to make mistakes and Mm -hmm. mistakes when you're in aviation can really, really hurt. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Or when you're in government or when you're in public policy or when you're in, you know, economics or like, you know, we've kind of deferred our aircraft, like the pilots who are flying the happy aircraft of humanity are not exactly, you know, we, we worry about their motivations. We worry about their egos, their mistakes as well. And, you know, as we we're seeing now that it's like the analogy of uh, what is a good pilot. The question is also, what is a good government? What is a good financial system? What is a good economic yeah. model? What is a good way? How do we interact with our fucking neighbors, man? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, it's, you know, an interesting thing for me to see is the country, you know, in the last few years, has just split and split and split. Um, and, you know, it's gotten more and more and more tense, you know, on on, on the one side, you really have people who really hate the government and don't want to pay it any money. Don't want to, you know, they don't respect it. It's just bureaucracy. It's just bullshit. It's just, you know, it's wasteful. And it is some of those things, but man, don't you want a government right now? You know, (laughs) I mean, we, it's, I think it just puts right in the spotlight, how important it is to have these systems, you know, Yeah. I would not want to be dealing with this in Nepal uh or, or Syria or uh Somalia man that would be rough
0: yep it is a question of okay if we and you know further the further intellectual um like exercise we could do is what you know if if because the people that are so afraid of the government like you're talking about and who hate the government they have been so right for so long right? The injustices of government is a never ending rabbit hole that is totally true. The, you know, the Nazis, the Soviets, the Khmer Rouge of Cambodia, like the times that people have like been lined up and killed by their governments is like the stories never end. Like the history just goes on and on and on. So these people have been so right for so long. And so now we are seeing those two ideologies clash, right now the people who are like we can do better with our government and the people who are like the government is totally not the answer and it's tyrannical it has the power to kill us all and both of those people are now seeing okay at the root of the need is some ability to take collective action when it matters most Hmm. and it's like whether it's like, I don't, I don't think that governments are actually the way. I don't think that governments, crony capitalism, force, I don't think that is actually the way. I think that the way that I've been understanding it lately is that government is like a complicated system. A complicated system has a rigid set of rules and it is externally designed. And a complex system is something that is self-organizing and emergent that is ecology that is the weather that is our bodies our minds and for 15,000 years we as humans have been taking these complicated systems and we've been trying to apply them onto complex systems and our minds are so powerful we have done such an amazing job that we have 747s and we have paragliders but as we move forward in humanity we have been Exponentially extracting resources that are linear. We have been playing these win lose competitive zero sum dynamics on a finite playing field. And the math just doesn't add up for that at all. It's the same with the climate. It's the same with the government becoming tyrannical. It's the same with the coronavirus. Mm.
1: Yeah, well said. Yeah, well said. You sound like Sam Harris there, man.
0: <laughs> <That's> very articulate. <laughs> Harnessing some Sam Harris. But yeah, yeah, I'm so stoked to have you on the podcast, man. It's really fun to talk to you. You know, we met that we met at Pine Mountain and we conversed before and after that. And to be totally honest, in 2015, I was in Morocco. I was road tripping with my best friend and my parents. Yeah,
1: I read I read your article about that. Was yeah.
0: There. Almost dirty in front of the herders. Yeah. The sh- year But we had we were I can just so vate so specifically remember being on this road trip and listening to a podcast episode with Cody Matank. Mm. who I've gotten to spend some time and fly with Cody and he's just so awesome. I love that guy. But yeah, I you, that. I, I'm pretty sure you tell the story there of throwing your reserve and it not being connected to your harness. I do. I do. I, you know, what? I, I, that's fresh
1: in my mind because, uh, you know, I'm working on this book of the first hundred shows, uh, with cross country magazine. So it's awesome. a, it's like a book version of the, of the podcast where we add, we go back to the people and add, ask a bunch of more questions, you know, Hey, can you elaborate on this? And so it's going to be really, it's super fun and kind of grabbing all the nuggets and, Anyway, so I've been listening to all of them, you know, in some cases two or three times over again, but uh, I just listened to Cody's actually a couple weeks ago. And yeah, it was kind of funny. We were a little cagey about it because it actually happened like that, well, two days before that (laughs) podcast when we recorded that. And so I later went on and, you know, explained exactly what happened. But yeah, I threw my reserve, uh, you know, I was a little below a thousand, which was kind of our rule when we were over the dirt, like nothing radical under a thousand. And, uh, and so I was a little below that and I was, I blew a heli and got all twisted up and, and, uh, and I was like, sweet, you know, this is what I've been preparing for. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, hucked it. And I was like, wow, you know, I'd never thrown my reserve in like a combat situation. And so I I was like, wow, these things really take a long time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I looked back behind me, and my reserve was just like perfect. It was just perfect, but like way too far away from me. <laughs> I was like, "Holy!" And I, I shit you not, I was like, I, I, I literally in my mind. I mean, it should have been like, "Whoa, dude, you're in deep shit." But in my mind, I was like, "Wow, that's actually pretty funny." <laughs>
0: that's what happens when you don't leave the scene of the crime, right? You didn't panic. You can train to not panic so that you can actually see the humor.
1: And it was, it was great. I'm not sure if we talked about it in that one. So, you know, I, so I did the whole like, and I, I, I'd like to think that didn't take too long, but I did the whole, wow, that's funny. And then I, I checked my height again and I was like, Ooh, (laughs) I'm in trouble here. And, uh, and about right at that time, um, you know, I saw so I'm an XC pilot. I'm not an acro guy. And there were a number of things, as there always is, that. It always is that led up to that, you know, and I I, don't know, I can't remember if I talked about it in the podcast or not, but, you know, so the night before that day, you know, I'd gotten home super late. I'm up and catch him. I'm going, you know, it's a nine hour drive to go meet Cody, which I basically did all night. And I had this bad tweak in my back, you know, mm-hmm. so as I'm transferring over, you know, from my XC kit to my Acker kit, it's kind of dark. I'm trying not to wake up the family. I'm tired. My back hurts you know so you know obviously yeah i I missed a very major step there and uh not I'm, there's no excuses that's just ridiculous but that's what happened and so but the other thing was that you know so then it was the first flight of the day so you know i get towed up and i'm all excited and i'm pumped and i do some you know i do some dynamic stalls and i'm like okay well i'm, I'm gonna try a few helis here and then i'll go land i'm on yeah you know, I, I, I think it was the first flight And so I'm not warmed up. I'm not, you know, I've I've driven all night. I'm kind of out of, I'm kind of out of it anyway, but I didn't even, when I threw it and realized it wasn't attached, it didn't occur to me that I was in my acro harness. I had another reserve, you know, so I threw the right one. That one's gone you know, if I had gone immediately to my left, I might've been okay. But when I looked back and it was, you know, cause I threw pretty low anyway, and it, and it was gone. And then I looked down I was like, Ooh, I'm at a hundred feet. Like uh, I don't have much time here. And at about the same time, Cody got on the radio and he was like, keep it in deep stall, keep it in deep stall, keep it in deep stall. Like, in other words, keep the wing over your head because yeah, I was, sure. you know, I had two massive cravats, but it was pretty stable, you know? So I was actually just like coming down under a really small reserve. Yep. And so the last thing he wanted me to do, like, you know, I, I had trained, you know, both, both toggles in one hand, get them down deep. You know, if you're in a tail slide, great, that's fine. That's way better than like, even that's way better than even deep style. Yeah. But you don't want to do it. Exactly. You don't want to go in an auto rotation. You don't want to get one side flying again. You don't want to let this thing go. And uh, so and i you know obviously i didn't get out the radio and go yet like no shit dude but it was i was happy to hear that and i was like you know because it reminded me of it and then i was like oh i gotta throw and so i immediately so I, I switched toggles into my right hand and went for the left and it was one of those where i saw it like roll out and then i hit the ground you know it, it didn't wow. there was just no time and so so the last thought i had was was you know okay keep the wing stalled and uh and do the best tuck and roll you've ever done, man. Do not stick this landing like don't you know because I have seen a couple of really bad accidents where um you know I think if people had done a proper PLF they'd still be really hurt, but they'd be hurt a lot less yeah. and uh, so that's all I was thinking about is like, dude, just hit the deck and and try to try to get as much as you can on your harness because I was in a big you know cushiony acro harness and and uh, <laughs> and so I, I hit and and it's you know it's this big soft four inch dirt that was the other thing and you know no rocks it was so lucky and uh, and I did one of those kind of like you know check the knees check the hips check the you know and like holy shit I'm okay and I called Cody so at this point you know because the horizon you know he's rewinding the drogue and so he had seen me at a hundred but he doesn't see me hit you know and uh, and and so he's he's thinking like, okay, I'm coming up on my buddy. He's in, he's going to be toast, or you know, or really hurt. And yeah. uh, and so he calls. <laughs> I call him on the radio and I'm like, Cody, man, dude, I'm okay. And he's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Okay. That's the adrenaline fucking lie down. You're not okay. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, No man. Like, like, seriously, dude, I, 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 I can, I've dealt with a lot of adrenaline in my life. I, I'm actually okay. Like I'm gonna, I, I can walk. I'm all right. And he's like, no, you're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I oh, love him for that. What a sweetheart yeah he, he's coming he's, for you dude he's gonna save he's, you dude oh yeah he's he's awesome god he's become well.
1: a good pilot whoa man no kidding he's huh wicked comp pilot yeah yep. it's, he's, he really he's is really figured it out super yep. super competitive
0: and, and he's another one of those guys consistent. That, yep um, and he's really humble and he's really willing to share his knowledge like i flew in a comp he's really
1: good at sharing his knowledge he
0: really is he's, he's very really articulate good.
1: Yeah, he's very yeah, articulate. But, but he's really—he's also really thought about it, and he's—he's uh, he's a fantastic coach. He's doing some—I got to give him a little plug here. He's—he's uh, going to be doing some SIV training, and uh, uh, I think this summer he just bought a jet boat, and he's already got a winch and stuff. And I highly recommend people going to Cody because he's—he yeah. really, really thinks about it. You know, he's one of the few people in the states that's doing the Twisted Infinite and stuff. I mean, he's solid, and um, but he's also just really he's he can teach the skills no matter how you learn you know if you're kinetic if you're verbal if you know he's he's really good at it
0: and he can do a twisted infinite
1: yep yeah oh dude i didn't know yeah he's doing a lot
0: of twisted stuff he's
1: really more he's really better one way than the other um Uh but yeah i mean he's doing the asphere, he's doing he's doing the whole works i mean he's not he's not um you know, he's not deal the blick. Like he's not going to be yeah, able to go and do, you know, and we in can't all like start paragliding. I know. I, well, that's the thing. Well, and, and the other thing too, I think that we've both kind of learned and I'm just not even close to his level and even remotely, but um, he's also had quite a bit of, uh, you know, it's, it's traumatizing on your body and he's got you know he's got a neck issue and he's got some other stuff so when he really starts pulling a lot of dynamic stuff and spending much time doing the infinite he's it lays him out you know so he just you know those guys that are going to the canaries and stuff and training all winter he just can't it it just breaks him
0: yeah it's like slopestyle man yeah, exactly. go ski powder pretty sustainably for a long time. But if you want to jump off of everything you can see, it's like, yeah, that's definitely. yeah. That was over for me 20 years ago, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah just, I'm still doing that, but I can't do that shit anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know, man. Like, honestly, I too have screwed up a helicopter twisted and thrown my reserve over the desert here in Oregon. I, re- this last summer was the first responder on a gruesome fatality at my local flying site, which I heard about that. I, try I shook off I thought I shook off and then I went to this bike race in Mexico and just the EMT talking about best practice for coming up on someone unconscious on the trail like I could like vomit and cry at the same time I'm like maybe I haven't gotten over this but Mm -hmm. not even five weeks after I had responded to that incident my best friend crashed into the top of Ebert Rim this mountain in eastern Oregon at sunset in just super, super, super rural, super deep, on top of a, you know, twenty-two hundred foot boulder and scree field, and it became a four and a half hour. You know, luckily our girlfriends were at the bottom, and they hiked up and carried our gliders down as I carried Chris down on his back or on my back for four and a half hours until like eleven Ooh, at night. God, dude. Ooh. And so this, and also I'm maturing just intellectually and just in my life in general kind of wondering what this all what i what are my gifts to the world and what do i want my life to look like and so i've really super had to reassess my paragliding thing because i've i feel like i've pushed pretty hard for five years you know i think i have a thousand flight hours or more and 12 countries and
1: mm-hmm.
0: like i've pushed super hard and I'm just like kind of reassessing everything from my mountain bike to my skis, to my paraglider. And I don't want to give up pushing, right? Like pushing is such a privilege. It's such a privilege to have a beautiful healthcare system and all of my friends and family and all of the support of humanity as I try to venture out into the void, you know, like it's so beautiful, but it's also like, been kind of heavy and weighing on me in the last quarter of the year for sure
1: i mean i i think it's great that a you're honest about it and you're thinking about it because you know it in some ways it's the luck of a draw for a lot of us that go through that stage and i've i've thought and talked about this a lot how do you get good without pushing it And I am convinced now that you don't have to, Um, you know, I think that we push it almost always for the wrong reason. We push it for the fucking numbers. We push it for X contest. We push it for, you know, and I am like you, I definitely want to keep pushing it, but I want to be, I want to do it with a margin and I want to do it in a way that, I want to be mindful of when I do it, that this is worth it. Because if I fuck that up, there should be no sympathy for me. Yeah. And, you know, so like, for example, the X Alps is one of the greatest things I've ever done. I've done three of them now. It is awesome. So when I go to that race, I better be trained. I better be tuned and I better be in the right mi- mindset. Cause I'm going to have to push, but the rest of the time, you know, uh, you know, like I, Kriegel's not taking that much risk. Cause he trains so hard, you know, he wins, he's won five of those now, and he's taken the least risk of any of us. He's more casual about it because he's that much better. And so, um, but back to pushing it, I just, I don't think, I don't think we have to, you know, I had this guy, Alex Roby on the show, uh, a while back and, you know, year after year after he's won X contest three times, you know, he's year after year after year. He's always, top three on X contest. Now he's not chasing like quote unquote, chasing the numbers. He only flies the really good days. Like that's it. That's his secret. He flies 10 to 12 days a year. (laughs) And every time he flies, he's staying in the air for 10 or 11 hours. So, you know, he claims he doesn't even know how to do a great wing over because he doesn't fly when there's wind. He doesn't fly when it's gnarly. He doesn't fly when there's OD. He doesn't have to push it, you know, and he's, I mean, to me, in a lot of ways, he's winning. You know, pushing it feels mm-hmm. good and it's fun, and uh, you know, when you when you pull it off, it's great. But I, it, more and more and more, I don't want to pull it off. You know, mm. I I want to I want to be proud of what I've just done. My my mentor is is a guy named Matt Beecher and Nate Scales is there too. But you know, Matt Beecher is a Jedi. I mean, he shows up in Valle every year after, you know, he'll maybe fly 50 hours a year. He's always going to crush there. He'll just show up and crush everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and it's, but he's, he's a, he's put in the time, but he's also just, he's so wise about how he does it. You know, he's so good at backing down. He's so good at like, I don't need this. I don't need this today. I want to be home for
0: dinner. I love that. And I think what you're saying is really like all of our decision making hinges on this motivational toolkit. Like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. And it's such a, that is such a like powerful notion and such a powerful inquiry to be in right now. Like, why are we doing the things that we're doing? Yeah.
1: And I think, I think back to your point about external motivation, um, I think there's a ton of people in this sport and I have been there in this sport where, when we're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, we're doing it for the peer. We've been a pilot for a long time. How can we leave this community that we love so much? You know, there's, there's so many other forces, you know, and then there's just the fact that you're having a bad day, but you're going to aviate (laughs) under a paraglider, you know. know, and you know, I, what comes up, over and over and over in the show, especially when I go back and re-listen to them and I'm working on this book. Like, man, if you're not having fun, don't do it. Yeah. It's just that's I think that's the key. And it's not that much fun to be scared, man. I don't know about you, but I mean it's like I I like I love being on the edge. I've chased it my whole life. You know, I love the so I, I love the awareness. I love flow. You know, I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I don't, I think we're beyond that. You know, but you know, like the focus you have when you're highlining, you know that that comes from training and preparation. Right? That doesn't come from fear. You know, like it comes a little bit from fear, and fear is what keeps us alive. That's I a fantastic am. thing. Like I like absolutely. You know, you want you know pushing it is. I think we can push smart. Let me say it that way. I think we can push smart. You know, I, I, I like you, I don't want to give it up, but i i I think we need to check in with ourselves. Jeff Shapiro and and Will said this, you know, they both said this very eloquently. It's a really good thing to ask ourselves, is the risk worth it? Like not once a year, every time you fly, is Every it time. worth it if is it worth it is it worth it you know and because some days i think it is you know some some days you do have it and some
0: even amidst it. even amidst uh you know the things that we're talking about even amidst potentially being a burden on society i think that you're still you know like if someone in germany or in italy were to paraglide today i would be like well you know i even though we kind of collectively have decided that that we shouldn't be doing that i still there are motivational reasons where you could make a good case for being free and riding your bike or running or climbing a tree or anything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you know, I think more than anything right now, it's, it, it's, you know, we have to be taking care of ourselves and keep taking care of our health. And to do that, you know, you need vitamin D, <laughs> you need mm-hmm. to go outside, the sun kills a virus, you know, mm-hmm. you need you to need, need flow, you need, you need progression. To need to yeah, you need you need these things for your immune system so i mean i think as society we need these things so who knows where that guy was you know maybe maybe he was that morning in a really dark bad place and he you know he decided that it's worth it so
0: yeah he was too i've gotten report from his friends that that was exactly the case but i digress i think that this has been a great first episode of the Gavin the Gavin and Aerie podcast. We are a fucking thing. We are a thing. <laughs> no, but I super appreciate it, man. Um, this- Dude,
1: I've, I've had I've had like an hour to just look at your gorgeous girlfriend on the screen here. This is just <laughs> terrific. We can do this whenever you want, man. I won't tell my wife I just said that. I'll, I'll, we, you got to cut that part when we get show up live. <laughs> And you're the most beautiful person in the world, but yeah. she's second.
0: <laughs> <I> <laughs> well, thank you. That's flattering. I'll send her your regards. And I really, appreciate it. I think we should do this again. Let's we'll, once the world is not uh, upside down, we'll uh, get back to paragliding love to fly with you up and catch him. Can't wait to, have to wear oxygen that's something that I really look forward to in my paragliding career I've never used oxygen intentionally and I've needed this is the
1: place man bring a couple bottles and yeah I always have the big one out in my garage so I can refill you and there's a little cabin (laughs) in the back you're welcome anytime and uh yeah it's, it's it's been a lot of fun and I look forward to another one
0: great man thanks so much Gavin thank you Ari yeah see you man cool bud you're awesome dude this is fun, dude. I, I
1: would I would have liked to follow up your, you know, uh, you know, your when you were so articulately talking about, uh, you know, government and the Khmer Rouge and everything else. But I I had to leave that one. That
0: was you were way over. You are way fucking over my head, man. I'm just an athlete. That was, that was, that was you know, honestly, dude. I have been actually for the last couple of days. I've been live streaming on Facebook. I've been pumping out podcasts. I've been trying. I see the opportunity right now, Gavin. I see it. We have the like. If we want to change people's minds on the climate, now is the time. If we want to change people's minds on industrial fishing and thus unsustainable practices that we have, both in our own decision-making, whether we're paragliding or from uh, bigger things like how we're eating, how we're moving, what we're extracting from the earth and what we're putting back is like, now is the time that people are the veil is pulled away from them. They can actually. Yeah, see
1: and I, the I I applaud that, man. And I mean, I, you're totally right. And uh, also, it's just, man, it's a great time to be a podcaster, bro. I mean, it's, you know, people are going to be spending a lot of time at home. I mean, I, my podcast rate's gone up, not my deliveries, but listening to podcasts has gone through the roof lately because, you know, we've all got a lot of time. And, we do. Man, Quite I That's why everyone's I, saying I, yes. I, they're like, like, I, I want.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Tomorrow I have a a scheduled podcast at 10.30 a.m. with my friend Charles Post, who's an ecologist, and I want to talk to him about how good it is for the environment for us to be sitting at home.
1: Yeah, great. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously it's really good. I mean, yeah, I, I it's like you said, I the, really Silveron, like I'm actually really enjoying this time. It's, it's been, it's been really weird. I mean, I, I'm definitely paying a lot of attention and, yeah. uh, you know, and I always kind of do, but, you know, I'm reading a ton and, 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 you know, it's, it's fascinating. And I wanted to be careful of that in the show, about talking about, cause I, you know, pretty easy to to view it for i mean you know this this isn't gonna wreck our family you know but it's it's uh which is fantastic but it's uh yeah so i want to be sensitive about that but at the same time i mean i really do feel like this is the earth just going like fuck man i need a break and uh
0: i think that that is you know we can make meaning out of anything but i think that that is uh a metaphor that is like not unhealthy to make right like that's a we can definitely think of it in that way in a, you know, with a healthy understanding that the earth is not malicious or malevolent against us, but that now is the time that look at how the earth literally creates. I love the analogy that you made that we were treating bats and ducks and pigs and everything wrong in the fucking wet market in, in Hubei. And the earth is like, Hey, like I was, I tried to tell you, but, Hear, yeah, like, that,
1: like hey man that's not cool you shouldn't yeah. be doing that you know it's we're all cool. we're all part of the same system you shouldn't be doing that shit and and uh yeah so i i think yeah i, I the well the dude honestly, many, you, man, the lessons are many i think we
0: could they are we, we could, could go like, all day about the well
1: yeah we could i mean i, I do hope that I'm, I'm i applaud what you're doing because I, I do hope that you know collectively this is a bit of a wake-up call
0: it is. It is. And I think that we all have this responsibility and an opportunity. My This person that I've had, I think has really good sense making right now. I'm encouraging everyone to look him up. His name's Daniel Schmachtenberger. He has mm-hmm. been saying, look, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, that's totally fine. Take time off, relax, breathe, meditate, do yoga, find your center and come back. But don't post things. Don't speak things from an uncentered place we really need to like clean up our information ecology right now and we need the people who are feeling centered and motivated and positive to come forward and make themselves the leaders that they are meant to Yeah.
1: so he's the neuro hacker collective yes
0: cool so that's if you've ever read the book stealing fire about flow state yeah Yeah. So that's Jamie wheel and Stephen Kotler and those guys and Daniel Schmachtenberger and Jordan Greenhall. Those are all guys. They all live in Encinitas. My girlfriend is really close friends with Daniel Schmachtenberger. That's how I got introduced to this whole group of thinkers and they are doing an incredible job right now with sense making. And most of the things that you're like, wow, you seem so articulate. I'm like, have been digesting what they're saying. And I've been talking about it and like, These are the really high level sense makers that I've found that I can uh, really like it resonates with me and I feel like there's positivity Mm -hmm. and things are moving forward in the right direction. I encourage you to look those guys up and I also encourage you to have a positive effect through your podcast and through your influence. You have created a really amazing community and you've done so much for the Paraglide community. Myself, like I have listened to so many of those, it's helped me immensely and people are listening to what you have to say. And even if that is, make sure you take care of yourself and enjoy your time with your families. The positive messages right now that are even anecdotal are important
1: yeah yeah totally man i appreciate that well thank you i appreciate that and I, I will that's uh i've been thinking about the opener for the last week for the next one. <laughs> like oh what am i gonna say but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah well cool well i'll i'll check this out this is cool i'm just i'm on this newer hack neurohacker hacker collective right now I'll check it out that sounds
0: that sounds pretty interesting Nate. yeah thanks so much gavin let's do this again thanks bud talk soon see you All right, guys, I hope you like that. Maybe you noticed there at the end. We pretty much sign off, but there's just so much good riffing that we continued on for like another five minutes, so I figured that was the little VIP backstage pass that you got. Gavin is such a pro at recording podcasts, and he has really... It's been so rad to watch how over the last five years, his own ability... To be a presenter and a deliverer has grown exponentially, and like I said, he was the inspiration for me to start podcasting, which has been the venue in which I have clarified my thoughts, I have improved my communication, and have started to build an audience and community around positive, forward, clear thinking. And so I have a lot of gratitude and respect for Mr. Gavin. And thanks to you so much for being here. If you want to support this show, please consider donating. That's paypal.me slash in the air. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it listener supported, ad free. Please spread this message around and stay tuned for more awesome episodes. I got so much stuff coming your way, folks. Thanks. See you on the next episode.